to the Blue Rose Film Podcast, a show dedicated to celebrating the ongoing mystery and dream that is cinema and tracing film history through the decades via the films that have meant the most to me. My name's John T. Cornford, and I'm a writer, editor, composer, music producer, and a lover of films. On this week's episode of the show, I'm joined by my brother, Marty, to take a look at the last year in film in part one of our two-week 2022 retrospective. Friend of the show, Wilson Drayton, was also lined up to join us on this episode, but he'll be joining us next week for part two. Enjoy the episode. was the best game of soccer i've ever watched the the final i didn't get up i i just worked so monday was my first day off mm. in 13 days oh damn. I calculated yeah that sucks so i was in bed at midnight yeah claire reckons it took me three seconds to fall asleep <laughs> um and then I, I i i had in my mind that i was going to get up and watch it mm. and then it just completely left my yeah um cognitive ability to Look forward more than yeah two minutes in my life because I was Can getting. Can you turn my head down just a teeny bit? Yeah, 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 yeah better. Yeah, um, and woke up the next morning to all the messages in the yeah. group chat about it. And I was like, "Fuck, that was last night, wasn't it?" So I just watched the replay the next day. Like that's the one game that I would have said, like, "Don't watch the highlights. Watch the whole game." Yeah, because it was never boring. Like, yeah, what I was worried about was what France do a lot, which is score early. Mm. And then just play the most boring brand of yeah. football ever. But the fact that Argentina scored two to start with, I was like, let's go. Yeah. And I'm obsessed with Amy Martinez. <laughs> but did you see when he gets the golden glove? And so he gets the best keeper of the tournament award. And no, goes, I didn't see this. Oh, did <laughs> <laughs> And apparently he did a similar thing at the Copa America. Oh, really? I'm assuming he got in trouble for it. With I someone. don't know. I don't know. Um, well, because there was a game in the Premier League against Man United when, like, Bruno Fernandes took a pen instead of Ronaldo. And, yeah. like, like Martinez is just like, you're going to miss this. And I saw it, this, actually. And it yeah. should have been Ronaldo. Yeah. So just think about this. Yeah, yeah. That as soon as you miss this penalty, it's going to be your fault because Ronaldo should have taken it. And then he misses it. And then, like, Martinez is just like... Yeah, I saw this. <laughs> but that's what you have to do. This is when it's a shame that I don't film these podcasts because your impression of the <laughs> dance was it was lovely. Oh, yeah. has it started? Yes. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, so, hello. We are here to talk about 2022. Um, this is going to be a longer one, so it'll be across two weeks and then I'm fucking off for a month because I'm tired. Um, <laughs> so this is, <laughs> this is the, uh, <laughs> the end of the year, getting one done. I was going to do a um, another deep dive episode on... Like other, I think it was going to be either Eyes Wide Shut or Gremlins. I was going to do a Christmas movie, um, but I don't have time. Sleep time. I was, get, yeah, I was getting tired. So we'll do those next year. Um, so in the meantime, uh, I've got Marty back. Hello, on the, back on the show. Hello, um, and theoretically we have Wilson, but we've just started because he's still not here. Um, so he'll probably turn up at some point, and this will be a two-parter. So uh, we will lead over into next week and then over the new year i might do some bonus content but you never know mm. um some exclusive content 
some exclusive content. Um, yes, which I will actually talk about something towards the end of the oh. episode, which I'm a little bit excited about. Um, you're gonna have to pay me for it though, so that's the uh, sucks to suck. Spoiler alert: you're gonna have to pay for more content next year. Mm. Um, yes, so we're gonna talk about 2022. By and large, it was a year. I would have to agree. Yeah, it was a it was a uh, a calendar year. It started in January. It's going to end in December. That's right. So we're recording mm. this on the twentieth of December, I think. Yes, yes. the twentieth of December. Um, so in fact, it hasn't been a year yet. Mm. So I actually take that back. It has been almost a year. Almost a year. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but movies came out this year. I saw some of them. Yeah, and, and as we'll find out. Not all of them. <laughs> movies were made. Production companies spent money on on movies and and productions mm. went through to completion. Others didn't. Others didn't. Which I, I actually might talk about in biggest in in a thing, in in a thing later. Yes. Um, so we're going to talk about some of those movies that did come out this year. Um, Wilson will join us at some point. He he ju- he just started. He just responded. Oh yeah. I'll say, all good. Come on when you're ready. And he's not going to know. He's he's going to come in mid-recording. That's right. And we're all going to laugh at him. And also, Jonty made a banging pot of tea. Yeah, we got tea going. So if you're listening and you don't have a cup of tea, go make a cup of tea. Join us. We're mm-hmm. drinking uh, New York breakfast from T2. It's quite delicious. Um, <sighs> I'm having it with milk. Marty's having it straight. So I like it black. I'll leave that there. Um <laughs> Snip that bit out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, this, like I said, this will be two episodes. It's gonna be we're gonna take our time and go through and make sure we don't miss. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll miss plenty of stuff. Mm. Um, but uh, we live in Australia, and so there's also a bunch of stuff that should be on, and I have seen on plenty of people's 2022 mm. list that just haven't come out yet. And there's Australia. also things that will be on our list that were 2021 for other people. Yes, that's. One of the joys of being in the upside down land is there are movies that everyone else gets to see early. So fun fact about Australia. Yeah. Is so as everybody knows, the earth is flat. Mm-hmm. And Australia is on the underside. Yes, that's right. So we get things once so the so the way content works is it gets seeped down through the the stratas yeah. of the flat earth yeah. and like we get it last because we're the only country on the other side yeah. of, of the flatness. So yeah, that's just, it's why it. we also have lots of spiders and bugs and stuff because mm. they all, it's like we're living under the porch of the world. Yeah. So it's kind of like the upside down in stranger things, except it's that's not right. a reversal. It's just all the things, all the bad things, all the porch, all those things you find in the porch are just in Australia underneath. Right. Yeah. 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 So some of those movies that haven't come out yet, um, The Banshees of Inner Sharon is one that I cannot wait to see, um, which I'm anticipating will probably be on my favourite movies of the year mm. list. Hasn't come out yet. Um, the Whale hasn't come out yet. Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Hasn't come out yet. Pearl hasn't come out yet. Has The Fablemans um, come out yet? No, that's also um, okay, because either I've Boxing Day or New Year's Day or something okay. here in Australia. Um, Tar hasn't come out yet. Um, After Sun hasn't come out yet. There's a whole oh, yeah. stack of them that just haven't come out yeah. yet. Um, I feel like Babylon might be coming out this year elsewhere, but that's ju- uh, January 19th for yeah. us. Um, so, yeah, we're not mentioning those because uh, 
We haven't seen them. They haven't been released under the porch of the world yet, so yeah. haven't had a chance. Um, there are also plenty that we haven't seen because yeah. we're just two people and Wilson's a third. Um, so that we have correct. Yeah. There's plenty of stuff that we also haven't seen. And um, I'm a bad film fan, as you'll find out. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I think you've got a pretty good reason to have not seen many movies this year. I was living in the outback for half of this year. Yes. Um, where it was an option of two movies and they were usually both blockbusters ones. Yeah, Scorsese would have looked down upon. They're just theme park rides, mate. I actually agree, though, but it's not a <laughs> yeah, bad thing. That's right. <laughs> he's so misrepresented. He's like, there's nothing wrong with theme park rides, but like, that's not the only type of movie yeah. that can get made. Like, so, I don't yeah. know if he's saying that as an insult. Well, he he's the first to but say I that he, ha- he hasn't seen most of them, yeah. so he's not passing judgment. He's just yeah. like, that's not the only type of movie. So if all that gets shown are the theme park rides... Mm then the cinema becomes a theme park. Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Like, it's <laughs> like, I agree with all these things and like everyone's like, and I suspect he's saying it as a bad thing, but like, I love the MCU. I think it's fun, mm. but like, I'm also going to go see other movies, which we'll talk about, but like, it's not an insult. I think it's just a, like, I just remember like, it's like, I think it was RDJ was like, yeah, like I agree, mm. but like theme parks are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, and uh, there's a um, I don't know if you watch the Hollywood Reporter roundtable videos that oh, they put out. I've seen some of them. Yeah, so he's been on a handful, but there mm. was one I'm assuming for a director's roundtable where he was like, "There's nothing wrong with theme parks." Mm. Um, the time in which he grew up and and started making movies, people knew the difference between the theme park movies. Like, you know, Jaws is one of the first. Mm blockbusters like it kind of started the yeah the wide release summer blockbuster cycle that we're still is is pretty common um but also theme park movies and he he does the really wanky thing that i think is really pretentious of Mm. making a distinction between movies and films which i think like there is something there but he's like i came from a time where movies could be films and theme park ride movies could also be cinema Mm. Um, and I think that's almost the most pretentious sentence I've ever heard. I know, <laughs> and like I, I don't. The core idea of that I don't disagree with. Yeah, but there is a sort of like a. It's kind of pretentious, and it's a little bit gatekeeper mindset. Yeah, where it's like I know what cinema is, and like, but at the same time, who's going to argue with Martin Scorsese? Like, yeah. if if I'm going to take advice on what good cinema mm. is it's probably going to be martin scorsese well i'm about to say the first thing that's me that means everyone's going to hate me mm. never seen a scorsese film have you not seen a scorsese wait, movie wait no wow. uh, did he do um surfs up no i think he voices someone in surfs uh, up. have you seen hugo surely you've seen oh hugo. i've seen hugo yeah he directed that oh one. there you go i've seen one that's based on an existing ip <laughs> let's go great book have you not? Oh, wow. I'm, I'm I haven't ha- seen Taxi... Well, I've seen Joker, so I've seen Taxi Driver, but I haven't actually seen Taxi Driver. you got to see Taxi Driver. That's yeah. It. That's that's in the canon. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. We, okay, Come at me, film fans. No, we're, we're coming up to the summer holidays. We're going to watch some yeah. Scorsese together. Uh, that's my new... I suspect I've seen some. Uh, the Departed? No. Um, did I not show you Silence? I haven't seen Silence. I haven't seen Silence. Goodfellas. I haven't seen Goodfellas. Raging Bull. Wow. Okay, we've got some movies I haven't to seen watch. Raging Bull. Oh, and I think the only Tarantino movie I've seen is Pulp Fiction. Yeah, which is the most <laughs> Tarantino movie that yeah. Tarantino ever Tarantinoed. Yeah. Um, hot take. I don't think Tarant- uh, I don't think Pulp Fiction is that great. But I, this isn't a Pulp Fiction podcast. We I will do Pulp Fiction fine. at some point. Yeah. Like, it, there's plenty of good things in it, but I think mm. it's... 
it, culturally it's really important and it completely changed the mm. way movies were made in the 1990s. But like, I, re-watching it, I don't get a lot out of it. Mm. But anyway, there are a bunch of movies that I haven't seen. There are a bunch of movies that you haven't seen. There are a bunch of movies that Wilson also hasn't seen mm. whenever he shows up. Um, I'm so looking forward to when Wilson listens to this. I know. <laughs> Um, I haven't seen the big one that I'm a, I'm a little bit annoyed that I haven't caught up on is a movie called Decision to Leave, which mm. is uh, Park Chan-wook, who uh, directed such great movies as Old Boy. I'm not expecting yep, you to have seen, seen any of these. <laughs> um, Old Boy, which is part of the uh, trilogy of movies, that Vengeance trilogy, which are really good, and The Handmaiden, which is a really great movie. Um, made lots of really great mm. movies. He, he had a movie that came out this year that I haven't been able to see, and there was a limited run here in Australia earlier in the year that I mm. just, for whatever reason, wasn't able to get yeah. to. But I will get to it. Yes. So I know that that's one that's on the top of lots of people's lists. For me, the main one is RRR. Yeah, R-R-R. I haven't seen R-R-R. Triple R. haven't seen it either. Because, um, I don't know, I just don't, like three hours is a, is a long time. And mm. I don't like watching movies in chunks. Like I like yeah, sitting yeah. down and watching them. And I just don't necessarily have the time but i will yeah. watch it it's interesting because like some some people argue that like because like binge watching tv shows is a thing so it's like well if you can binge watch a tv then tv show then surely you can watch a three-hour movie stupid argument but I, yeah i agree because yeah. i think the only like the best way to watch a three-hour movie is in cinemas mm. turn your phone off you don't get to pause it you gotta go mm. pay beforehand or you miss bits of it yeah like avatar i saw the other day Three, three hours and ten minutes mm. long. Um, the Batman, three hours long. Like, really mm. long movies. Um, if they're well made, yeah, they go by. So Avatar was paced pretty well, but the Batman felt like a, a two-hour movie. Felt like um, two minutes. if I'm watching Avatar, the way of Smurfs in water at home, I'm, I'm on my phone, I'm mm. going to get up and make some snacks. Like, a, yeah. And the thing with, if you're binge-watching TV shows... Is they start, they finish, and they end in a 20, 40, an hour. Yeah. So, of course, you're going to watch them because, like, it's like I've I've been watching um, the animated Spider-Man show from the 90s with, like, Mark Hamill as the Hobgoblin and stuff. Incredible. But, like, it's like I can watch six of those because they start and they end. Yeah. And I'm not, like, like, like watching three hours of one narrative. Because then it's like, it's like, it's different because something starts and ends and it happens a lot of times and like your attention span doesn't need to be as long if you're binge watching TV mm. is why I think that argument is dumb. No, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Especially if it's like 20 minute episodes. Yeah. It's just like grow up. Um, so we've got a bunch of categories that we're going to roll through that we're going to mm. put some picks forward. Uh, some, some picks of some flicks that- Some flick these, picks. Some flick picks that- uh, <laughs> Uh, fit these categories. Um, we're going to start with a movie that surprised you. So something mm. that you weren't re- wasn't really on your radar, you weren't necessarily looking forward to, or maybe you didn't think was going to be that good mm. that surprised you. Have you got something you want to go first? I think it's, I feel like it's the same for most people mm. and it's everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. This movie was incredible. Mm. Like I just have little words for it. It's, it's, it's going to be, in a bunch of categories in this podcast for me. Yeah. Um, the action is incredible. I cried at least thrice. Yeah. The performances, which we'll get to as well later, are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyone that knows me knows that my favourite movie is The Goonies. Yep. So seeing beautiful little Data all grown up, beautiful little short round grown up. Yeah. That's obviously from Indian. Temple of Doom. Yeah. 
which I watched for the first time this year. It's so, such a good movie. Um, yeah, underrated. But yeah, the, all the action, the multiverseness of it is better than a certain other multiverse movie that came out this year because I think this movie is the multiverse of madness because they, like, mm. there's the Sausage Fingers world. Yeah. Uh, like Jonty and I were saying before, the scene that makes us cry the most is when they're fucking rocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, they're not fucking rocks. They are they're rocks. rocks. Yeah. Um, and that's the most emotional scene. And I think it's just beautiful. I put forward the scene in the car park at the end. Mm. That I was just in both. I've oh. seen it twice. I was in floods both times. Um, yeah. Great pick. Yeah. Um, that may turn up later in this episode for me as well. Um, we'll see how we go. Um, my pick for this, I don't know, you may not have seen this, Phantom of the Open. Have you heard of this? Is it tennis related? It's golf related. Oh. So it's a it's a true story about um, an amateur golfer who through um, a series of coincidences and just good luck managed to enter into the British Open. I think oh, it's the wow. British Open, like the top golf competition um, and competed. Mm. And, and recorded the worst round of professional <laughs> golf of all time. Um, and then, and this is all true, I, l- I was went down a pretty cool rabbit hole of just reading about uh, the true story behind it afterwards, would re-enter into other professional golf tournaments mm. under pseudonyms and would wear disguises to get in. <laughs> and he's like, shit at golf. He's so bad. Yeah. But it's like this... So Mark Rylance plays... Mm. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. Um I haven't seen it since it came out in theaters here in Australia, which was probably back in April, I think. Um, so I don't remember heaps of the details, like names or anything, but like his character is just this like kind of happy-go-lucky family man mm. with grown-up kids who suddenly it's kind of like this really sweet, you know, all the kids have grown up and gone off to do their things so and now it's my time to to do what I want to do. And he's like, oh, I'm going to play golf. Why not? Um, and he's just like, oh, how do you play golf? Oh, and his wife is like, oh, you just enter into a competition <laughs> and ends up competing. <laughs> um, but like, and I cried at the end. Mm. It, it's just, it's it's nothing that's like world shattering. Mm. Um, and I, I'm not surprised that it hasn't been talked about more. Mm. Um, it's just this little family drama that's really funny. Like it had elements of Happy Gilmore, as you can imagine, yeah. like just a really average golfer, golfer. amongst professionals. Um, but it's it's way like it's it's really sweet and it's really heartfelt and um, yeah it's it's I don't, I'm not imagining it'll be on anyone's favorites of the year list yeah. but really surprised me and I'm sitting there crying and I'm watching it on like a <laughs> 10 a.m. on a Monday morning session mm. with a bunch of snowy head pensioners <laughs> and I'm just like bawling my eyes out love that <laughs> like, how is this happening so yeah I would um, I would recommend that mm. um, next category. The most forgettable movie that you saw this year. Uh, by its very nature, we had to rack our brains a little bit. Yeah. Um, what is your pick for the most forgettable movie of 2022? For me, it's not the worst movie. No, that's a good distinction to make. Yeah. I think it's Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Yep. Um, I liked this movie. Like, it's probably my favourite of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I watched it and then I actually, when I watched it, so I watched it by myself. This, this is in the broken, this is in the Silver City Cinema in Broken Hill. I was watching it and then I went out, I bought another ticket and I went and saw Doctor Strange 2 for the second time because just the old double feature. And I just, you know, it. 
I, I couldn't tell you what happened. A zoologist helps some guy. It's fine. <laughs> so I haven't seen this because I, I was meaning to, but I didn't get to the theater to see it. And But also the second one, I think, was such an, like, insultingly bad. I was actually upset by it. Yeah. Um, as, as someone who, like you, I... I was this. I was roughly the age of Harry as the books came mm. out each time. So, like, I read those books pretty as, much yeah. as they were being written. A little bit behind because I wasn't old enough for some of them when they came out. But um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, you and I are the demographic for these yeah. movies. Yeah. And I remember leaving Crimes of Grindelwald. Crime, I, had, I couldn't <laughs> even remember what it was called. Um, and just being really upset by how, how bad it yeah. was, um, which I think just put me off. Like it, I, I will see it at some point, but it's just one of those ones that it kind of sapped the desire to go and see yeah. it. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't want to be... I, and I'd heard that it was better. Yeah. But that's not a glowing endorsement when no. it's better than that. a steaming pile of dog shit, which that movie is. Yeah. And, and I'll, like, I will fight anyone that tells me that that movie is good. I didn't hate it, but I don't think it's good. Yeah. I, like the yeah. performances in the new one are good. I can't even tell you the names of the characters. <laughs> Which tells you something. Yeah. If there's a teacher that yeah. has played the actor who plays it, she's really good. Good, interesting character. I think Eddie Redmayne, Jude Law, Mads Mickelson, all good. But it's just kind of, you know. Yeah. And I think it's. um. Just a quick tea pouring break. I'll try and talk while I do this. If I spill it, I'll leave it in <laughs> the podcast. When? There we go. Success. Um, Great success. It's it's one of the, like, the the drama and the controversy around the making of the movie itself. Oh, yeah. is uh, I felt the same about um, Don't Worry Darling, mm. which this this isn't my pick, but Don't Worry Darling would... What I was thinking about is maybe most forgettable of the year, but the reason it isn't is because of how much media yeah. bullshit there was around the, and it's one of the Fantastic Beasts has just become I'm I'm more morbidly curious in the franchise from an administ- administrative point of view. Like, what are they going to do with the character of Grindelwald? What are they going to do with the character that Ezra Miller plays? Like, yeah. it's this just this whole thing, and now that. I feel like I have more interest in that than the movie than itself. The stories, yeah. My pick, though, um, is a movie that cost a bajillion dollars, and the producers are going to be really upset. Not that they give a shit what I think, but like they would be upset to know that it is known as a forgettable movie. It was The Gray Man for Netflix <laughs> with uh, Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans? It was fine. Um, I think it's good in sections when it's really tactile and tough. But mm. when it goes into the bigger set pieces with CGI trains and weightless 3D models of people flying around with no consequence, I was just like, what <laughs> What am I meant to be getting out of this? Um, to be clear, and I think this is what you were saying as well, I don't think it's bad. Mm. I just think, mm. like, I don't... I, 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 we were talking about this before. I don't remember what happens at the end of The Grey Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that people punch each other. And there were some big explosions and a train drove into a building with yeah. someone standing on top of it. Couldn't tell you what happened other than that. I remember something at the end of Secrets of Dumbledore. Dumble, I just always said Secrets of Dumbledore. Dumbledore. <laughs> um, which is probably fair. Some 
some animal chooses the president of the magic something. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make any... It's weird. I just remember the reveal at the end of the second one being like, sorry? What? Yeah. <laughs> what? That, yeah. And then at the end of the first one when it's like, oh yeah, Colin Farrell was Grindelwald. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm not an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I think... <laughs> I mean, we, we don't need to talk about J.K. Rowling on this podcast, no. but I think the less she has to do with the screenwriting of these future movies, if they do end up happening, the better. Because, like, the stories she tells are... Oh, actually, you know what? I'm going to call her they, so she's annoyed. <laughs> the story they tell, the stories that they tell are interesting and intriguing. Yeah. And I think even in the second one, what, some okay what they're trying to do doing. is fine. Yeah. But just... You can't write novel dialogue in a movie. That's right. In, um, in what universe is getting all the main characters in a room before the third act to talk to each other and explain the plot for 20 minutes an example of good screenwriting? Like, dumb. It, Yeah. A, a primary school student vaguely interested in film would tell you, don't do that. It's just insultingly bad. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah The Grey Man is my <laughs> most forgettable movie of the year. Mm. Um, I'm sure there's others, but I've forgotten about but them. I forgot about them, and that's the point. So don't come at us. That's right. <laughs> uh, favorite final scene. I had a few for this. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's probably. I think it's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness mm-hmm. when he's is it dream walking, dream something, when skin walking is that what it is? Skin I some, rem- something. I don't remember when. He goes into the body of dead Doctor Strange and does the thing. Yeah. And he's like creepy Sam Raimi. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of reminded me of um, something. Can't remember what. It's it's kind of like the first time that Pinocchio walks in the Del Toro oh, the, Pinocchio, yeah, yeah. which we'll talk about yes. later as well. It's just like creepy and disgusting and he's like walking around and yeah i loved it thought it was really cool from memory i'll have to look this up and i'm probably incorrect in this assumption but i think i remember seeing that the guy that voiced voiced the guy that voiced the um some of the ghouls and demons in evil dead Mm. voiced the um like the the souls of the damned or whatever they are that are like flying around him because um, it's very Evil Dead. Yeah. It's very, very, very... It's very... The bit at the there end. Are, there are a bunch <laughs> of stuff in it that's like, ooh, evil book of the damned that, like, that's straight yeah. from Evil Dead. The the demon stuff is straight from Evil Dead. The, um, there's a the Bruce bunch Campbell of, hitting himself. Yeah, the Bruce <laughs> Bruce Campbell with the with the hand that's the one stuff. Like, that's that's a reference to Evil Dead 2 with the with the hand. Um, that, like, there, it's, there are so many things in, in that movie that are Evil Dead references, which I, I, I enjoyed. But I agree. Yeah, it's... Not as good as everything everywhere, and cost yeah. ten times as much to make. Um, like it doesn't have the madness. Like yeah, they've, they've, they visit like four multiverses. Well, and they blitz through all of them in like yeah. one scene when they're traveling. Yeah, and, and it's like it's oh, just in one the, of them has John Krasinski. And yeah, I'm like yeah, that's cool. But like, there's no one with feet for hands or like. Yeah, I don't know. I was like. All right. Yeah, the, the multiversal stuff that they actually dive into is more about who's playing what character yeah. as opposed to the world itself. Yeah, um, I did yeah. get a bit excited when the yellow wheelchair showed up for Charles because I am a, an avid fan of the animated X-Men show. So, Who do you reckon the empty chair is? The Illuminati. 
Was Maybe. there an empty chair? I remember seeing something that's like, oh, there was an empty space for someone. Who was it? Um, I can't remember that. But if it was... That I, could be completely wrong and I'm making that up. But <laughs> Well, it's fun to think about. Yeah. I would want it to be... There's no Iron Man there. There's no Iron Man. Tom Cruise is Iron Man. Yeah. Um, uh, Blade, but Wesley Snipes, but it wouldn't be Wesley Snipes because he wouldn't want to do it. But that's right. Him anyway, like like uh, footage from old Wesley Snipes doing that. Yeah. Um, or just Kevin Feige. <laughs> That'd be fun. Just walk in with his t-shirt and blazer and cap. Yeah. Because and yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be funny. There are a few favorite final scenes that I was thinking of. Um, one that I saw recently was Bones and All, mm. uh, which is one of my favorites of the year. Probably because I'm pretty much dead on the target audience um, in terms of the crossover of genre. And is road. it because you're a cannibal? <laughs> That's right. That's right. I love eating people. Um, but no, just because it's 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 such an interesting genre piece about. So also thematically, I resonated with it a lot because it's about finding your identity and you know, finding it. It's a little like a almost subgenre of like quote unquote found family mm. movies. It's, it's one of those as well. Um, I should say spoilers for all the movies we're going to watch. Um, we won't we won't spoil all of them, but like if if we start to talk about any of the movies on this show in this episode that you haven't seen and you don't want spoiled probably just skip ahead a little bit yeah um but there's a final scene where actually i won't spoil it because okay, it's okay, still because i was gonna block my ears no because it's, <laughs> it's still pretty new yeah um i think it's actually still playing in theaters here in australia um it's still pretty new so i won't spoil it um there's there's a final scene that is really really emotional um and quite i won't say upsetting quite let's say heartbreaking and and really sad as well as beautiful and then it cuts to this shot that's the final shot of the movie and I just bawled. Yeah. I just cried and cried. And I, was, I think I was like one of three people in the th- again at like 10 a.m. on a Monday. Yeah, classic. Um, and the lights came up and the guy came in to like <laughs> start cleaning. <laughs> I was like, just give me a sec. Um, I just wanted to say that we just got a text from Wilson. Oh, yeah? Just Wilson. got home. Just pooping. Then we'll be on my merry way. Great. So, so uh, everyone listening, at 4.15 on the 20th of December 2022, Wilson Drayton, there was uh, defecation happening. He's doing a poo. Doing a poo. Um, cheers, Wilson. We'll, we'll see you when you get here. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so Bones and All, that would be my my pick for a favourite final scene. There are a bunch. I mean, like the final action sequence in Top Gun Maverick, which again we'll get to later in this episode, um, was just... I think that's, uh, again, I'm not trying to spoil some of the later picks that will come up mm. in this episode, but like one of the most exciting blood pumping experiences being in the cinema, and it was a full theatre as mm. well, like just unreal. It was so good. But I'll, I'll go with Bones and All because I think that movie made me cry the most and it was almost exclusively that final scene. It was it was working on me anyway and then that final moment happened and it just broke me. <laughs> So, and you know me, I'm a sucker for suffering for a movie. Sucker um, for suffering. I thought you were just going to say I'm a sucker for suffering. And I was like, no, no I, I like <laughs> it. Uh, if a movie makes me feel something, then then I'm on board. Um, even if it's something that's uh, upsetting or sad or something, I don't, I don't care. If it moves me, 
I'm into it. Uh, biggest disappointment. So this is like, again, not necessarily the worst movie of the year. Something you were looking forward to or excited for or, you know, whatever. And then when you saw it, you were like, oh, that was disappointing. It's Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> I'm, I'm making the same pick. Yeah. It's like, I adore Taika Waititi. There are three films in particular. Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh, no. F- Hunt for the Wilder People, Boy. Mm-hmm. And Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Just like- Have you seen What We Do in the Shadows? No. Okay. Yeah, you, if you like those, you'll love yeah. What We Do in the Shadows. I just remember yeah. it like, wasn't on a streaming service I had and I- yeah, I'll let, I'll, let it, I'll let it do. Oh, thank you. Um, beautiful storytelling, all hilarious. Yep. Like, well, like not so much boy, but like it's still quite funny. And it's like got those heart-wrenching, heart-warming, beautiful moments that I think Ragnarok has as well. And I just remember I got really annoyed when people were like, like – Love and Thunder is too Taika because it's too silly. I'm like, have you seen any of his movies? Yeah. Like, he is silly, but like, have you seen Boy? Have you seen Hunt for the Wilder People? Have you seen Jojo Rabbit? What We Do in the Shadows is one of the most effortlessly funny movies yeah. I've ever seen. Like, it's just everything. Like, even just the looks that pe- like people glancing mm. at each other on screen is, is some of the most hilarious. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's that the humour is baked into the situation of the movie itself. Mm. So just characters being their own character is inherently mm. funny. Like he does that so well. And I think like part of the, like Hunt for the Wilder People, you can watch that as a drama mm. and it works really well. But as a comedy, just oh. just Ricky Baker being stuck with that family so is funny. so funny. Yeah, um, As well as being really moving mm. and heartbreaking. Um, so that's why I was like, I think it has my favourite Tiger joke of all time in it. They're in like a court, they're in, they're having a meeting and Korg's like, Meek's going to take minutes. Yeah. And then Thor <laughs> says, we haven't got enough time. That's right. Um, that is such a clever joke. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think if it was too Taika, then that's a, that's a, that's a dumb thing to say. Cause I think it wasn't very Taika. Mm, like it was silly in a way that, one other Taika movie is silly, mm. but all Taika movies that we love have got this balance. heart, balance, yeah. soul to it that this movie didn't have. And I laughed. Yeah, it was funny. It was quite funny, but it just started and it ended and it felt like he had a board and he'd written a bunch of ideas and was like, let's put these all in a movie. And I felt like the plot was him trying to get those fun ideas into a movie. And I know that like this isn't a new take on how I didn't particularly like Love and Thunder, mm. but yeah, yeah, I thought you know it was cool to see Jane Foster again. Christian Bale was great, but it didn't feel like the movie for that terrifying villain. Yeah, I think the big thing that turned me off Thor: Love and Thunder is like I have no problem with jokes. Mm. I, I love a good comedy as many jokes as you want in a movie. That's not the problem. So when people are like, oh, that's too funny, that's not quite like, that's not a criticism. The thing that frustrated the hell out of me with Thor Love and Thunder was it's asking you to invest in two characters in particular whose stories are really upsetting and sad and asking you to have a, it's the film in, in a bunch of places 
is p- plays as if it's expecting the audience to have this emotional response to it. Mm. When the whole time, up until those points, it's undercutting those yeah. emotional beats with comedy. Um, so, like Jane Foster's cancer story, mm. beautiful, really upsetting, yeah, really sad. Could be. A, I don't think it's beautiful. I think it should have been. It should have been beautiful. Yeah, yeah. But it's never treated seriously until the point at which the characters have a cry about it. Mm. And then it's like, well, you've been making fun of it the whole time. And so what's like, the... And it's not characters making fun of it. The movie's the making movie fun of it. The movie itself is making fun of Thor's it. Thor's yeah. having a love triangle with his hammer and his axe. That's right. And like, no, but like Jane is needing this hammer to stay alive. Yeah. But it's also killing her. Yeah. And the movie's like, it's funny because does Thor actually want to fuck his hammer? It's yeah. like... Yeah. And like Thor, Thor, Thor's character from, I would say, um, Age of Ultron mm. through till the end of Endgame, the way that that character develops and grows is that's what cinema is about. Like that's a really great- Chef's kiss. Character arc. Infinity In- War Thor. Yeah, yeah. Exa- exactly. Like the, the way that his character shifts and grows- and changes over time is really interesting. Grief, trauma. That's right. Like, that's right. Um, watch like the idea that you're a god and everyone that you love or for or have uh, friends with is is not immortal. Mm-hmm. Like you, all not that he's immortal, but like, and they all die in front of and him. they all die around him. Yeah. Like that's really compelling. Um, he's Homer Simpson in this movie. Yeah, like he's such. Like, it's not even that he's dumb. It's that he's a cartoon character mm. that has no emotion. Until he does yeah. randomly, and you're like, this this doesn't scan for me at all. Because Gawley God Butcher, his story is one of sacrifice and really tough ethical dilemma. Mm. But from the very beginning, like that first scene where he yeah. kills a god, is played for laughs. Yeah, and you're like, well, how are you meant? How am I meant to invest in this when mm. you're treating it for laughs? And then at the end, it's like this whole thing where you, it plays like this super emotional cathartic moment, and you're like. This has not been earned because you've been undercutting it the whole time and yeah. telling me that this isn't something to take seriously. And then mm. by the end of the movie, it's like, no, take it seriously. It's Which like, means that yeah. the jokes often don't land for me because I'm wanting to see more of the drama. Mm. And then the drama doesn't work because it hasn't been built up enough because it's been undercut with jokes. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, it just doesn't work. And just a little nitpick, in Doctor Strange... No, in Thor Ragnarok, Doctor Strange is like, I tried to contact you, contact you, but you don't have a phone. Yeah, and he's got a, he's just got a he's phone. Got a phone. He's got yeah. a phone. Also, Tyker uh, did the rounds on online when he's doing the notes on a scene with yeah, because oh, um, Thompson yeah. talking shit about the visual effects. Everything about that just grinds my gears. Yeah, um, like I think Taika Waititi is a genius, but that was. Just mm. don't be a dick, man. Yeah. I actually don't. I, I, I'm I just wondering if we need to crack this can of, can of worms open. <laughs> but like, I think Jojo Rabbit is good. Mm. I don't think it's great. Mm. And I think Hunt for the Wilder People and Boy, mm. I think are classics. I think Boy's his best movie. But I think, and I'm happy to be proven wrong. And this is all conjecture and all bias based on what I Mm. just assume from seeing interviews and seeing his movies. I think he thinks he's a genius. I agree. And that comes across 
And I think that's part of what Thor Love and Thunder feels like to me is he's like, I'm a genius, so I can just peel off something goofy and like it just feels a bit aloof. Yeah. Mm. Um, not that I think that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is something that we all need to take seriously as seriously as anything else. Like, but it, it just felt a little bit disrespectful and a little bit aloof and a little bit mm. flippant and in like, the way that. Yeah, I don't know. This I is could be sound completely super, wrong. This is going to sound like super nerdy and soft, but like it felt like it was disrespectful to the arc that the character of Thor has been on. That's right. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't. It felt like a different character. Yeah. Yeah. And I get it. It's yeah. like, oh, he's gone through it now. He's just silly. I'm like, and like, it's good to see Stephen Curry as a blue man because yeah. Australia. Woo! But like, it's just dumb. Yeah. Disappointing movie. Very disappointing. Um, another thing I found really disappointing was the fact that Batgirl got cancelled, which feels a little bit sexist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having a woman of colour playing a really important character to a lot of people being cancelled for tax reasons. And sure, it might have been bad, but Black Adam was bad. So... Now that's a hot take if I've ever heard one. Yeah. Black Adam. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, people will be shocked to hear that. I know. Um, let's uh, one more category for this part of the podcast. Yeah, and then we'll wind down and be back next week uh, with Wilson, who still, Wilson, who still isn't who here. Still He'll isn't probably here. walk in as we're doing this last category, which is funny. Um, favorite franchise movie. So, for clarity, I I I think something like Top Gun Maverick qualifies because. Mm. It is now a franchise. Same with Avatar. It's now a franchise. So you can be hard or fast or, or loose um, with the with the construct of, of this, uh, what, what is and isn't a franchise movie. But mm. um, Martin Cornford, what is your favourite franchise movie of the year? Because I don't know if you know this, but cinema, there, there are lots of franchises. Yes. Yes. Um, I think I wrote something down as if I don't know what this was. Um, well, here's the thing. It's the, like, it's the Batman. Mm-hmm. But it didn't. It didn't feel like a franchise movie, which is probably, I'm guessing, why it's your favorite franchise movie. Yes, but then I also loved Wakanda Forever, so I think that's a close sec. I I think the Batman is a significantly better movie than Wakanda Forever, but if we're just looking at it as a franchise film mm-hmm. for what it's setting up, because I feel like inherently what comes with franchises is what's next. Yep, and I think Wakanda Forever sets up what's next reasonably well i'm still going to say the batman but i think wakanda forever does the setting up what fran in a franchise manner in a cool way that's not too like hey look superman's back oh he's not oh shit yeah (laughs) yeah black panther would be up there Mm. for me if it were 20 minutes to half an hour shorter Mm. and I think the things that I would remove from that that would make it because there, there there are there's a solid, really like I think better than the first Black Panther. Same in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, but it's got a bunch of other stuff attached to it, um, and that stuff is the setting up for the future, yeah, of the franchise, which I understand by by its very nature has to be in there. But mm. as a single film, um, the story of that community coming to terms with the death of T'Challa, mm. that is a great movie. Yeah. And the stuff like, and 
those there are some scenes in that movie that are really really moving mm. like really moving and the way that the characters are conceived is thematically drawn from that central conflict of well, yeah. our, our leader has 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 died has left us what does that mean for me like for Chiri mm. for example her character her entire arc in that movie is learning how to grieve mm. That's incredibly mature and exciting and interesting mm. for an MCU film. Absolutely. Like, I, I think that's really, really exciting that mm. that is the central conflict of the film. On top of that, um, Namor, is that his name? Amazing villain. As a villain. Okay, so he, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to heap some praise on Black Panther for a second. Black Panther in it by itself is already incredibly culturally significant. Mm. Incredible. Like, that first film, mm. such an important film not just in terms of what superhero films are doing in the 21st century, but in the history of black cinema, Black Panther is huge. On top of that, for the central conflict of the sequel, um, I mean, so, I mean, Killmonger, great villain, Namor, when it contextualizes that him, as an ethnic minority, his central, like his drive and the conflict of his character comes out of slavery and cultural oppression layering that on top of a film that is already imbued with the cultural memory of slavery and oppression, Mm. putting those two things at odds is so exciting because, like, I I can't quite wrap my head around just how transgressive isn't the right word, but how how nuanced and how complex of an idea that is. Mm. Mm. Because... Wakanda have every reason to empathise with Namor. Absolutely, yeah. Because culturally and, and racially and for all, all manner of different reasons, they have so many things that they are on exactly the same page about. Mm. And that scene when you have a flashback to him re-emerging from the water to see what's happened to his culture, I was mm. like, oh shit, they're going there. Yeah. This is really exciting. Mm. So that stuff in the middle so- I think is fantastic mm. um and as a tribute to not just t'challa the character but to bozeman yeah unreal unreal that first 15 20 minutes which a lot of it was in the trailer Weeping. Um, even that final like the post credit scene which we won't spoil um oh yep re- like <laughs> really really well done yeah and a really i i was what because uh, as it was ending i was like oh shit they're gonna do a post credit scene that's gonna be really distasteful because uh, by and large, up until that point, I was like, you know, it's it's over long. It's a bit bloated. There's some stuff that I is to me unnecessary mm. as not as someone who's not that invested in the franchise. But by and large, it's a really tasteful tribute, mm. not just to the character but to the the person. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh no, there's going to be a post credit scene, and it's going to shit on the legacy that this movie's been trying to build. But then the post credit scene happened, yeah. and I was like, yep, no, I was yep. wrong. Yep. <laughs> they nailed it. It's like I cried three times. That was. Definitely one of those times. Yeah. So I think. Look, I, it, it's good. I think it should have been better. And the mm. and the reasons that it is not is larger than just this movie. Yeah. It's it's a symptom of what the MCU is today. Yeah. And so I think that's probably inevitable, and that's fine. Um, it is a little bit disappointing to me that it isn't a two hour and twenty movie. That's like a nine out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. It's a two hours and forty five minute movie. That's probably a six out of ten for me. Mm. Five and a half, six out of ten. I don't know what my... F- I feel like I completely 
<laughs> took that conversation off into another direction. The Batman is probably up there. Um, Top Gun Maverick, I think, technically is now a franchise film. Haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't own it yet, but oh, it's probably on streaming by now, surely. Or I think it is. Um, yeah, I ha- still haven't seen the first Top Gun. Which, <laughs> which when, when I tell people that, they're like, what? <laughs> but I, I, mm. I got everything... I, yeah. I'm sure that there are things that would resonate more mm. having seen the first one, but you can sort of see those things coming when like first one's fine. It's a movie. Yeah. So it's, I, I would argue that when those things do happen in my brain, I notice and go, that's probably a reference to the first one. Mm. And I, and I, and I bookmark it as like, I recognize that that will have resonated more if I've seen the first one, but it does a good enough job of recapping and, and setting you up for what you need mm. to know for the second one. That I was there, yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah. with it the whole way. Um, the scene, like the dogfight scenes and the and the flying, are ju- I mean, you don't need me to tell these people that are listening. Like, this is no hot take. Are fucking incredible. Like, it is like some of the most exciting cinema I've seen in a whole bunch of years. Like, it mm. was unreal. I went and saw it twice in the cinemas. I will tell you, um, there is a future uh, category that will be next week um, about our favorite trips to the cinema. Yes, my least favorite trip to the cinema. Could well have been the second time I saw this movie. Oh, and I no. took I took Claire, um, and someone behind us started dry retching oh. and, and coughing and spluttering in the row behind us. Oh. Um, like twenty minutes in, so we had to get up and move because I was like, a, I don't want to get thrown up on, and b, I don't really want to catch COVID off you. Off like you, you bastard, stay home if you're sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually just saw Avatar: The Way of the Smurfs just the other day. Mm. Um, it's not my favourite franchise movie of the year but boy was it so much better than I thought it was going to be mm. I think I was I was swept up in a lot of like the cynicism I'm sure you read like there's a, there's a whole bunch of discourse happening over the last few years about how people are reappraising the original Avatar movie as not actually being good which mm. I don't disagree with a lot of the critiques of that movie I don't think it's great it's, it's good but as a technical, like as an industrial moment in the history of cinema. It changed cinema. 100%. Yeah. Like I- inarguably. Yeah. Um, so I think going into this new one, I was hesitant. And I saw, especially when I saw it was three hours and 15 minutes long. Um, didn't feel three hours and 15 minutes long. To, I know Wilson, who still isn't here, just by the way, Wilson check. Um, uh, didn't like it. Um, and we might talk, talk to him about that next week when... Uh, have that conversation. Mm. But yeah, I, I was I was on board. I was mm. on board. I cried. I didn't cry buckets, but like I shed a tear at different points. Um, there, it, Even when the, it does sag through the middle, mm. but even when it starts to sag, there's never not, like you're never not looking at the screen just going like, yeah, how the hell did this happen? Like it's just unreal. I think the thing that peeved me off a little bit, and like I also have not seen this movie yet, I'll probably watch it tomorrow. Um, James Cameron was like, it's okay if you go up and take a piss break because you're going to watch it again. I saw that, yeah. And I was like, get your head out of your ass. It's not a hat. Well, I mean, but he's, he's also to, earned that. Yeah, like, he's got to try and sell tickets because yeah. I'm sure you read that it's got to it has to fourth or fifth <laughs> most successful film of all time to break even. To not even make money to break. And like, he's earned being able to say that. Like, he made Titanic. Mm-hmm. He made he made Avatar. Avatar. He made the Abyss. <laughs> like, 
He made Aliens. He made Aliens. He made the first or second. No, both. He made two Terminator movies. I think he? he did T2. Did he do the first one? I feel like he did the first one as well. Yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah, so he can <laughs> say what he wants. But also, shut up. Yeah. I mean, I would recommend going and see it. Uh, yeah. You're not going to get, like the first one, if you wait till it comes out on VOD, VOD you won't get the same experience because um, you'll be on your phone. You'll pause it. You're just going to mm. go and be swept up. I don't see it in 3D. I saw it in 3D. And yeah. I mean, as soon as I put the glasses on and the movie started, I immediately regretted my decision because it's yeah. so distracting. Also, and we'll talk about this when Wilson arrives as well, but the frame rate thing really shit me. So there's okay. sections of it. Like the, the big action set piece at the end different cameras were rolling at 60 FPS and different cameras were rolling at 24 or something. Oh. So it'll, it'll jump from being really smooth to then going back to regular frame mm. rate. And it it normally wouldn't look choppy because that's what how all films are yeah, made. But yeah. when it cuts back to the regular frame rate, it it'll, it suddenly looks like it's lagging. Yeah. And it just, yeah, that combined with the 3D, I was like, can we not just like make movies? Just make a movie, James. Because, I mean, apart from that, like, the, the 30% light loss of wearing stupid fucking 3D oh. glasses, and they're not made to fit a normal person's head, let alone my head. <laughs> huge. Anyway. Um, yeah, so we'll be back shortly. Mm. Um, or if you're listening to these later, you can go straight on to the next episode. Because uh, we're banking them, baby. We're banking them. Um, Wilson will be with us next week as we continue our mm. look at the year that was 2022, and we'll get to the pointy end of some favourites and some least favorites mm. and some some other exciting uh, categories um yeah we'll see you next week see you next week or bye thanks for listening to the blue rose film podcast you can support this podcast by leaving a five-star review or even better just sharing it with a friend next year we're also going to be launching Acast plus where you can get a whole bunch of bonus content every month including at least two bonus episodes of the podcast every month transcripts of the deep dive episodes and a whole bunch of other goodies for just five dollars a month you can sign up right now by following the link in the show notes you can get in touch with us by emailing us at bluerose.filmreview at gmail.com or you can find us on socials and get in touch there we'd love to hear from you so feel free to shoot us a message about any of the films that we've talked about on today's episode or any other episode of the show don't forget to check out the blog where you can read more pieces by myself about great films and continue the conversation thanks to Acast for hosting this podcast and thanks to producer Ritterman for our theme music we'll see you next time for part 2 of our 2022 year in review but until then don't forget all opinions about film are valid because art is subjective unless of course your opinion is that the godfather is boring take care